Hello, everybody, and welcome to the OPL podcast from MCIU. My name is Brandon Langer, and I'm the Program Administrator for Instructional Technology here in the Office of Professional Learning. And this is our second edition of a series about SDIs in virtual environments. And I am once again joined by Cassie Bruch. I'll let her introduce herself, and then we'll hit today's topic about common SDIs. Hi, I'm Cassie Bruch. I'm a project consultant here at OPL, um, and my focus is SSDVE, which stands for Supporting Students with Disabilities in Virtual Environments. So, Cassie, our first you know, introductory conversation really touched on a patent resource, kind of talked about SSDVE from a higher level. This next series of posts is going to dive deeper into specific topics. Before we do that, though, the second post really dives into accommodations and modifications and how we need to look at them differently. And sometimes this is a confusing topic. I can say as a former music teacher, an area I'm still coming to you and asking questions about. So how do we separate those two accommodations and modifications? Because that will guide our conversation as we look at SDIs further. Yeah, I think what confuses it is a lot of times we switch the words up. We use we use them interchangeably, but they're really not. And an accommodation is really trying to level the playing field so that the student with disabilities has same access to the regular curriculum as everybody else. It's just putting those support in place Um, But modifications are changing that. So it's changing the assignment so it's at the student's level. So we're modifying the the assessment or the assignment or whatever it is in the classroom where the accommodation is kind of building that and making it level for them. Yep, and that makes sense. And when you break it down to that simple, and I know Patton does as well, to that kind of simple leveling the playing field versus changing, you know, necessarily maybe the field that we're even playing on. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we look at this topic of just common SDIs, what are some common things that we see trying to get applied in virtual environments, but might need, you know, a first look or first glance, it might be some easier uh, ones to navigate. So I think like common things that we see in all SDIs, most of the time we start with like preferential seating. Now we know in a virtual environment, there's not preferential seating, right? You can teach a student if it's a live synchronous class to like pin the teacher or you do speaker view and things like that. But really that's not one that you would use in a virtual environment. But there are ones that are like corrective feedback. So when a student submits an assignment, the teacher provides feedback to support the student so that way they can do better next time or correct it or whatever the end goal is for the teacher. Now in a traditionally fully virtual environment, things that teachers can do is you know, comments on their work or even a voice recording. Hey, let's look at how you broke down number one and talking them through that. They can also leave comments on assignments. And so you have to think with your LMS and things like that, there's ways that teachers can embed that. If we're talking about hybrid or even a traditional classroom, like I said, that LMS has so much to it. You know, most of the time they have options to put comments either right in the grade or right on the assignment. They can leave those comments right next to problem number one or question number two and things like that. So the student knows exactly where that teacher is putting that feedback. So uh, you're, you're talking about basically utilizing a virtual tool to facilitate the SDI. And we both work on the MVP team here. Mm-hmm. Is there an example for corrective feedback that you think would apply in terms of how we handle that with our, how our teachers with MVP would handle that? Yep. And one of our platforms, what the teachers do is write in the assignment, they put, you see that little comment bubble and the teachers will put the comments right in there. So along with their grade, they get that snippet of feedback. Yep. And what's interesting is we've, you and I have looked at this topic a little more detail at, since coming on board here this summer. I think what's interesting is that much of what you describe as steps would be good practice for almost any learner. And that's something I appreciate about the series you're doing is how often I'm making that connection as an educator to, oh, 
yes, this is good for the SDI perspective, mm-hmm. for the IEP. You know, anytime we have compliance conversations, great. But this is actually just good instructional practice. What's another common SDI that we might look at? Another one is teacher modeling. We see that especially with like solving a word problem in math, right? You teach the student to break down the words in the word problem, pull out the numbers, figure out what operation has to be, and especially if there's multiple steps. So a lot of times in the classroom, like the teacher will model it. I do, you do, we do types of thing. Now we're talking about fully virtual. What's really nice and what I think even our traditional classroom teachers have gotten good at is recording themselves. So I can sit if I'm writing it through the iPad or right on my computer screen or if I have a doc cam, right? I can write out what I'm doing and model it and talk over that for my students when they're virtual. We can also do that now in a hybrid or a traditional classroom because now I already have those videos that I probably recorded last year with the same lesson that I'm going to teach again. And I can throw that in my LMS or I can throw it in a Google Share Drive for my students to have. And I can email it home to the parents, especially when we think about how complex the math word problems have gotten compared to like when you and I were in school. And we know we saw that struggle last year with parents when they're like, I don't understand this new math stuff. Well, when the teachers already have these videos, they can send it home for the parents so they can understand it too. But what's really nice for our students with disabilities is they can slow down the speech. I know I am a fast talker. I've always been. While our students with disabilities need a longer processing time, so we can actually slow down that speed. They can pause it. They can replay it. They can sit and do it along with the teacher at the same time. And then it's there. Once they've already recorded it, it's there for years to come. Yeah, we've had that conversation again from the MVP perspective with districts on, look, Mm -hmm. something as simple as a study guide is so much more robust in this platform because not only do you have the note taker or the note guide or, you know, side supplemental content that you could engage with, you have the actual instruction to constantly refer to the, the, and to Mm -hmm. your point about the teacher modeling, drawing on the screen and, and being able to go back and replay that. And not only that, in today's environment, we have probably multiple versions of the same type of lesson where you could even have your teacher led version. You could also have, if that's not working for you, you know, look at Khan Academy or, or something like that, you know, that, that's out there that people can leverage as well. So it's very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And what's nice is we know learners have different styles and you can explain the same thing in five different ways. Now, me as a teacher, maybe I know off the top of my head three ways to do this. But if you go on YouTube or you go on Khan Academy and things like that, there's so many resources out there. And sometimes we just have to hear it in a different way. Yep, absolutely. So this second post really dives into common SDIs. Again, that nuts and bolts accommodation modification is a great thing to share out. So please feel free to share this uh, post with your teams, with your teachers. But what can we expect? And then we we talked about this one's about common SDIs. What's next on the docket for post number three? Yeah, next we're going to get into those social and behavior SDIs. And so I am a formal emotional sport teacher and I can say like thought how does this work in the virtual environment especially when we first all went virtual but there's so much we can do and so much we can track and you know I'm really excited for this post to come out I think it'll help teachers in the long run yep absolutely well thank you for doing this series thanks for talking us through it here today Uh, we'll look forward to the next conversation around post number three thank you everybody once again this is the OPL podcast feel free to access our website learn.mciu.org it is completely open and free for anyone to access you can access Cassie's series there you can take a look at our ed tech page you can take a look at our SEL or DEI resource hubs that we are putting together lots of new content coming out of the Office of Professional Learning we're very proud of that. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn. We're on all those platforms and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you.